millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. Hello and welcome to the Game Day podcast from TalkSport with me, Sam Matterface, TalkSport's lead football presenter, Adrian Durham, and former England international, Leanne Sanderson, as we look back on a thrilling night at Bramall Lane as England blitz Sweden to qualify for the European Championship final. We'll hear from the manager, Serena Wiegmann, some of the key protagonists as well that were involved in the night. We'll reflect on it with Adrian and Leanne. It's been a fantastic evening of party, goals and outrageous skill. It is the Game Day podcast, having a party at Bramall Lane from TalkSport. This is Sam Matterface at Bramall Lane and Leanne Sanderson and Adrian Dharma here. Hello. Hello. Good I can't evening. stop smiling. I'm so, <laughs> so happy. I, honestly, I, I don't think I've ever stopped smiling. It wasn't just a win. We absolutely destroyed Sweden. And Frank beautiful. Kirby scored a nice chip for you, Adrian. Uh, Frank Kirby scored the best goal in the game. Oh, no, no, <laughs> not no, entirely no, sure that's no, no, true no, no, and we will no, go no. through all the goals in detail uh, but like you know like we're very excited now and everybody inside this stadium we're Are like we? what time we're is like, it <laughs> 21 minutes <laughs> 21 minutes past 10 on a uh, Tuesday night and people will be listening to this thinking, what are you all making a fuss about? Well, look, everyone's still in. There's loads of people that are still in here. It's not packed, but there's still loads of people in here. Serena Wiegmann has just gone over to see a group of fans away to our left-hand side. She's still reveling in the glory of taking England into the European Championship final. We've got to look back at the game. But first of all, Leanne, just talk to me about what this means for women's football and England women's football because the team itself has been to European Championship finals before but never at Wembley, never in front of 90,000, never in front of a TV audience and a listening audience on the radio that are going to participate in this event on Sunday. This is massive. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. You're right, Sam. And I think from a former player's perspective, to see the girls out there not only playing well, but enjoying it. I think ultimately you can feel it around the team. And I think for all of us here, like my face hurts from laughing so much. And I didn't think that we would win so comfortably. I felt like it would be a little bit harder, but I can't see anybody being able to beat England. How, I mean, I just can't. I feel like whatever's thrown in front of them, they seem to take care of it. Sweden were the better team in the first half an hour, similar to Spain. And then Beth Mead scored an amazing goal and the players are just enjoying every moment and that's what we play for. That's why I play football, to enjoy it. And you can see now, we're seeing Rachel Daly's been over there for about half an hour, you know, signing autographs, giving her shirts to the kids and that's what it's all about. The England kit manager... From what Deck was told me, someone just came out and gave shirts to all the kids. That's what it's all about. 
isn't yeah. it? Like, this is why I played football, because you have to give back, and everybody out there, I think, recognises their roles. And the women's game has gone from strength to strength, especially in the last year, because TV cover- coverage, radio coverage, it's been amazing. Uh, your old mate, Ian Wright, who's on drive time for you uh, for many, many years with you, uh, back in the day, when you used to do drive. Indeed. How long ago was that? <laughs> I remember. Have you just retired from that? Gave it up ages ago. Um, <laughs> whatever happens in the final now, if girls are not allowed to play football in their PE, just like the boys can, what are we doing? We have got to make sure they're able to play and get the opportunity to do so. If there's no legacy to this, like with the Olympics, then what are we doing? As this is as proud as I've ever felt of any England side. Well, I echo what Wrighty said there, but I, and there's another aspect to it, which I'll get onto in a second. But, you know, we were talking about Beth Mead during the commentary on TalkSport of, of the semi-final. And how, uh, and actually it was Lucy Bronze, to be honest, at the age of 12, she had to stop playing with the boys' team she was in because they didn't allow girls to play with them. So she had to, I think her parents had to drive her an hour up the road to Blythe so she could train and, and become the footballer, the world-class footballer she's become. And by the way, she set up the first goal with a brilliant first-time pass and scored the second goal after getting a little bit of criticism in, in the media. But uh, So I was pleased for her tonight. But I think the other side of it is, and you're right, Ian Wright's absolutely spot on. The legacy for girls who want to play football and be taken seriously has got to be there from this tournament if it's not there already. But I think also for a lot of men who just denied the existence of women playing football, never acknowledged it, never took it seriously, thought it was a bit of a joke, thought the keepers were were at fault for every single goal. All those preconceptions, the misconceptions they had about women's football. I hope and I believe a lot of those guys will have watched this England side in this tournament and they'll have realised, actually, we were wrong. For all those years, we were wrong. I'm proud to be English. I love football. Why wouldn't you want to support this Lionesses side? We've seen some absolute quality football from them in this tournament. Serena, congratulations. Big smile on your face. And we can finally talk about the final. Yeah. You've not wanted to up until now. No, How does that not. feel? <laughs> yeah, it's very nice. Very nice. We're going to the final. It's just unbelievable. Um, such a great accomplishment of the team. I'm so proud of them. And 4-0, that's such a clear um, result. 4-0 in a semi-final against a team ranked second in the world is is pretty incredible. They made it look easy as well. Did that even surpass your expectations? Well, the first half, we didn't have an easy job. I think the first half, uh, especially in the beginning of the first half, we we had a hard time. They got two big chances, uh, one one ball on the crossbar in, uh, in the first minute. And then we came better in the game. And from the moment we scored, we got more control. I think the second half, we took over and we totally controlled the game. We started playing a little better. We were tighter on the ball. We made better choices. So, um, yeah, and then we scored another three goals. Really, really incredible. Yeah, and we'll talk through those goals in a second because, I mean, Alessia Russo's in particular was, was stunning. But what did you say to the team at, at, at half time? Because they came out with such purpose and Lucy getting the second goal so early on in the, in the second half, it then felt more comfortable. Yeah, well, at halftime, we just we just talked about what's their organization, uh, especially when we had the ball, when we were in possession, what they did. And that, they did some very smart things. But also during the game, the players on the pitch already solved it a little bit to, to, because we wanted to get out of, play the possession game out of that pressure. Uh, and I think um, they solved it when we had a little chat about that uh, at halftime and also that we really needed to be tighter on the ball and a little more patient when, when before we would play forward. And I think we did a lot better in the second half. Yeah, I mean, it was the second half performance was incredible, but Alessia Russo's goal, we have yeah. to talk, I know you don't like talking about individuals, but tell me how you viewed that goal. 
Yeah, well, when you do that, you know, that that, that attack was very well too. So uh, Fran just uh, cut it back and she hit it on the goalkeeper. But no one expected, of course, that she was going to do that. It's just an amazing moment that I think she just did it without even thinking. And it was really funny too, but so unpredictable that no one expected it. And, and yeah, incredible action. It was absolutely incredible to watch. Just one final question. You've taken this team into a final. You only took over in September. You've done such an incredible job with them already, but how special are this group of players? Yeah, I, well, first of all, I don't do the job by myself, so it's not me, it's us. I also think that the team was already in a very good place. You know, the, the team has been growing. The team was already really good before I came in. So the former managers have done a very good job too. And we just added some things and we talked to the players what we could do and how we could become even better. And I think all together, the staff, all, but also all the departments at the FA uh, and the players, I think all together, we just grow to, towards each other on and off pitch and we're doing a good job. We certainly saw some quality tonight. England came into the semi-final with quite a torrid record against Sweden. Sweden were semi-final experts. They'd just gone to the Olympics where they'd ended the run of the USA, ending their 44-match unbeaten run, got to the final, lost on a penalty shootout to Canada, their recent silver medalist. Remember, they beat England at the last World Cup as well. But on Tuesday night at Bramall Lane in Sheffield, that wasn't the case. It wasn't the case at all. It's a semi-final. It's the Lionesses. Expect drama. Sweden, a team unbeaten in 34 90-minute matches, standing their way on the road to Wembley. Remember, they've scored more set pieces than from set pieces than anybody else in the tournament, Sweden. Ball in towards the penalty area, hits the crop of the crossbar from Blackstenius. I think England played badly. I don't think they played badly. I just think Sweden look more dangerous. But having said that, you know, we know Serena Wiegmann makes those substitutions in the second half, which will be dangerous, and the players know that. Inside the six-yard box from a left-wing cross, which is cleared away, but it's back to Mead, edge of the area. Turns right, buddy, drives the ball into the net, and England lead. Here we go, 45 minutes for England. If they keep the clean sheet, they go to Wembley. Comes in from Mead, up towards Bronze. Heads it back across the face of goal, and it's still in. Lucy Bronze scores the second goal for England, and the road to Wembley starts to appear in front of them. Bronze wants goal. And so do England. Brought down by Sega into Black Stenius. Luton over the goalkeeper. What a save by Mary Earth. Back here. Oh, what on earth has just happened? A back hill from Russo. Instinctive. Sam, I can't even get my, I can't get my head around that. It's one of the best goals I've seen in person live. Here come England again. Kirby trying to chip the goalkeeper. Lindor Patsy. It's going to go beyond her. It's going to go in. England's fearless lionesses are going to Wembley to contest the European Championship final after thrashing Sweden, the number two ranked nation in the world by four goals to nil. An absolutely thrilling night, which didn't start very well for England, actually, Leanne, did it? I mean, it was a little bit... uh, perturbing in the first 10-15 minutes because Sweden were doing 
what I expected them to do, which was allow England to have the ball and then counter-attack. Yeah, definitely. And I think if it wasn't the bin for Mary Yurts pulling off that amazing save after 30 seconds, the game on Jakobsen, the game could have been completely different. So fair play to Mary for coming up trumps in the beginning because the game could have been flipped on its head. And we know Sweden have got really, really good players. We know that before the game and we knew exactly what it was going to be like. But England seemed to weather the storm anytime any team. Asalani was quiet tonight. We spoke a lot about her before the game, but players are quiet because you don't allow them to have a good game. For me, I thought we looked organised all over the pitch. I think Serena Wigman's got a decision spot on throughout the whole tournament. I even questioned in the men's Euros last year. I thought Jack Greedish should be playing every game. I said, Jack Greedish should be playing. Similar to what I'm saying about Alex Greenwood should be playing. Do you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, they're the managers. We all think we know the team selection. Alex Greenwood should be playing. Alessia Russo should be playing. At the end of the day, that's why Serena Wigman gets paid the big money and that's why she's England manager because she knows how to get the job done. And when I questioned her for that... 1% of the Spain game when she took off Frank Kirby and Beth Mead. I was wrong because we won the game. So you can't really question her. And now I've got those kind of feelings that I wasn't even thinking about getting to the final yet because I would have been really gutted. And I hate losing, don't we all? But now we're there. I'm like getting those butterflies and I can't wait. Genuinely, uh, I can't w- wait. It was fascinating as well because on the show that I did during the day in Sheffield, I was talking to Lucy Ward and she was saying that she don't think that uh, Serena Vigman was going to change the team. All the talk in the build-up was about Rachel Daly and the problems she had in the Spain game. Would she be switched out for Alex Greenwood? And Lucy was pretty clear. They're not going to change the team because, actually, Rachel's going to learn from that experience. Well, I thought Rachel Daly's performance was one full of confidence tonight and one that really influenced the game. I thought she was absolutely terrific. I thought she stepped up a level. It wouldn't surprise me, Sam and Leanne, if uh, Serena Wiegman has taken Rachel Daly to one side and just had a really lovely conversation with her, confidence-boosting, subtle conversation with her. Because in the first eight minutes, she did two Cruyff turns, Rachel Daly. Mm. (laughs) And I was watching it thinking, hang on a minute, this isn't somebody who was getting criticised and rinsed in the last game. You know, she she was looking full of confidence, didn't put a foot wrong all game. Other little questions that have been asked. Ellen White up front. I really saw the, the value of Ellen White tonight because when we were under the cosh in the first half hour, when the ball was popping out, she was holding up. She was straining every sinew to get something on the ball to make sure it stayed with an England boot. And she was working so hard for the team. And the great thing about Ellen White is that she goes off. Russo comes on, scores the goal she did. But Ellen White works so hard and realises what she brings to the team and celebrates like she scored a wonder goal, like she scored the winning goal, like she scored a hat-trick. It's all a team and a squad thing. They're all in it together. So I don't think, I'll probably get this wrong now, but I I can't see any changes for Sunday. And I think that if she wants to make changes, she will. I think she does things her way. I don't think she listens to any outside influences. And I think she's not going to make any changes. No, she's not. But then at the same time, I thought she would have. So, you know, you just don't know sometimes. But I agree with Adrian. She probably took Rachel Daly to one side and communicated that because sometimes it is a bit, you know, it's difficult if you have one bad game and you're like, take her out the lineup. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, me as analysing these games, I think, actually, what would I have liked? I would have liked, if I had a bad game, to have been given the next game to be better. But I think because Rachel Daly's playing out of position, I think that's why. And she had a bad game. That's why we're saying she needs to be taken out. Because when someone else plays bad in the position that they're in, we wouldn't say drop them necessarily so directly and it's the mark of the manager that she isn't distracted by any outside noise none at all any anything that comes her way any criticism she barely raises an eyebrow there's no flicker of emotion even when England are winning 4-0 in fact there was one moment where Ian Dark who was commentating for ESPN in the United States today turned around and said to me right at the end of the game 
I think I saw her smile at the end. It was, it was, it was that. She's that sort of character. She's cold. She's cool. She's chilled. She just is very, very professional, and nothing will manoeuvre her off course. Well, I think there's a there's a belief in the spine of the team as well. She really made it clear Mary Earps was the number one in the build-up to mm. the tournament. She made that. She said it out loud, you know. So that was clear. She got a belief in Millie Bright at centre half, and of course the skipper alongside her as well. She's kind of, everybody's got a belief in Kira Walsh. I mean, I had a message through from one of my mates saying Kira Walsh is unreal, controlling the game, and she knows where everybody is, always on the half turn, magical footballer. So just you should have a player cam on Kira Walsh because she's sensational. And Frank Kirby, who can produce magic, scored a goal tonight. And Ellen White up front, who after an hour is replaced by Russo. Why wouldn't you have faith in that spine? So even if you are under the cosh early on, as, as England were, you know at some point Kira Walsh is going to get hold of the game and England will take control, and let's hope it happens Sunday. I think as well, Adrian, you're touching upon Kira Walsh. That's what I love about the amount of eyes are on the game now because I think people, real football people, watching these games, analysing it, and Kira Walsh would be a player that would go underneath the radar five to ten years ago because she's a carbon copy of, of Farrah Williams. You know, that's how Farrah Williams played for England, and people know Farrah, but I don't feel like they got to see as much because the games are not on TV, mm. and no one's really talking about it, whereas now, everybody can see just how good Kira Walsh is, and real football people will know. Just because someone doesn't score the goals and get the assist doesn't mean her positioning's fantastic. She's always in the right place at the right time. She doesn't ever really get tired. I know she got cramp in the last game, but other than that, she's everywhere. She's our player she of the is. tournament for me. So she far. is. But, terrific. I, but I feel like other people wouldn't see that, because how can we say Kira Walsh when Beth Mead is going to win the golden boot, yeah, right? Yeah. But I think I understand where you're coming from with that because I see it as well. Kira Walsh, what a game. 4-0, you're into the final of the European Championship. Sum up that whole feeling for the team. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. I think a bit of relief now that we're in the final. I think for us now, it's just about enjoying that moment. We've worked so hard to get there and one game at a time and yeah, we've got one more to go. I saw Ellen White in tears at the end of the match, which just shows how much it means to all, all these players. No emotion on your face though. How do you personally feel about it? Yeah, I think, um, especially after the Spain game and this one, I think for me it was just a bit of relief. I think we've all worked so hard and I think when the third and fourth goal went in, you know, we could relax a little bit more and um, I think for us we tried to, the message for us was try and keep the ball so we could save our legs for the final. I'm not sure whether that worked, but um, <laughs> yeah, I just think we've, we've worked so hard, so for me it was it was a bit of relief and obviously, yeah, just absolutely buzzing and I think, you know, for those players like Jill, Ellen, they've been unbelievable for this England team for a number of years, so... Yeah, I'm just really happy we could do, we could do the job as a whole team and, and get them to the final because they deserve it. Ian Wright was talking after the match about the importance of capitalising on this and young girls should never be not allowed to play football and join in with teams. Right at the beginning of the tournament, we sat down and had a long chat about it, didn't we? And it is vital to make sure, regardless win or lose in the final I know this England team are going to want to clearly win it but win or lose we have to capitalise on this opportunity yeah 100% that's what we set out as a team to do was in, inspire the nation and get those young girls and boys playing football and I think for us you know we want young girls to feel safe and feel comfortable playing football they shouldn't be judged and 
you know, we're here, we're here to stay and, you know, we're not making people watch it. So I don't understand why, you know, women always get the criticism. Nobody's forcing them to watch it, you know, and, and we're always going to be here now. And I think for us, it's not just about the young girls. You know, I've had, you know, messages off older women who have started playing football again because they feel comfortable to do so. And that's just so nice to see that we can be that inspiration for, for everyone. And yeah, just really proud to be playing for this England team right now. Well, it's interesting because you and I, Adrian, were at the uh, Women's FA Cup final. We were commentating, I was commentating, you were hosting for, for Talk Sport 2. And you know, we were bigging Kira Walsh up then. She was a massive part of what Manchester City did in the second half of the season this year when they came very close to getting back into, not really into contention, but certainly back to some sort of form well, that they weren't in well, at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning of the, the season where they were beset by injuries. But, you know there's a lot of players in this England team that are doing something to prove others wrong and you know Lucy Bronze did come under criticism she did create the first goal and the first goal I think took quite a few people by surprise I don't think we necessarily saw it coming it was a quick turnover Rachel Daly down the line Hemp's cross missed by White but again she's occupying defenders by getting into those positions stretching for the ball it swings out the other side immediately Bronze is on the front foot she's high up she's the right back she's in the right wing position she sends is the ball Mead's gone back into the box and it's 1-0 but I tell you what so it's the fact that it's a first time ball back in from yeah. bronze Sweden were completely undone and disorganised after the ball that was in crossed from the left hand side she knows Lucy Bronze is so astute she knows I've got to get this back into that mix because they're all over the place and if I get this spot on to Beth Mead's feet this is going to end up because you said Adrian if she takes a touch you know it completely changes it and it's gone and and that's the difference because I can't believe that I'm not saying you can't anyone cannot be critiqued but Lucy Bronze for me should never really be critiqued because she's on a different level for me in the first half tonight I thought for the first 15 minutes she did look a bit you know, wobbly in Defensively, the beginning. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but that moment is a game-changing moment, and that's her quality, And isn't that's it? what makes her one of the best players in the world, because best players in the world can change the game in the blink of an eye and do things that other players can't do. And that's what Lucy Bronze does. That's a record for uh, Beth Mead. No player ever has scored more goals in a single European championships than Beth Mead. She's equaled a, a, a standing record, and she's probably going to break it on Sunday. Let's be honest. She scores all the time. <laughs> she's been fantastic, and good luck to her. She's odds on now for the golden boot, and you wouldn't put it past her to win it. Um, so she's done very well. Also, Bronze then pops up just after half time with a header, which completely outfoxes the Sweden defence. And look, I think at half-time England are growing into the game. They're getting to that point where actually they've weathered the storm, they've scored the goal, they're starting to control it a little bit more. They're looking quite... Um, confident and composed on the ball. They come out straight after the whistle goes at the start of the second half. They're on the front foot again. There's no backing off and just sort of sizing up the opponent to see what they might do differently tactically. They're on it straight away, and they score the second goal. And by that point, it's we're halfway up the road to Wembley. Yeah, and it's a great header uh, as well. It, I mean, it outfoxed Sweden, but it outfoxed VAR <laughs> as well. And I almost, almost not quite, but I almost had... A bit of sympathy for Sweden. They've had so many goals ruled out by VAR. The one against Belgium, they got through the, the quarterfinal fine in the end, but, well, just about in the end, but they had a, a very good goal ruled out by a marginal VAR that never was because the lines weren't done correctly. And yet, a decision, and it was the correct decision to award the goal. Let, let's face it. I mean, it wasn't like the goal should have been She wasn't impeding the goalkeeper in any make way. A movement towards the ball. Correct. So, no. it, absolutely the right decision from VAR. But you could understand if Sweden are thinking we're never going to get any luck from the yeah. VAR in this tournament. But they were deflated after that, weren't they? I mean, yeah. they completely were deflated. After the first goal, really. The second goal really took the wind out of their sails. 
But then they started, they made three changes really quickly, and that sort of just shifted the momentum a little bit, and they started to get a foothold back in the game. They put England under a little bit of pressure. A couple of consecutive corners, England were defending, and Mary Earps, at the moment you need her most, makes a stunning save, a world-class save, which is almost unreachable. Somehow she pulls it off. And that, again, alleviates the pressure on England. Yeah, saving the tournament by far. I think Blackstinius obviously hit it off of her thigh. Looked like it was going over Mary Earps' head. And she pulled off an unbelievable save. Really, really amazing. And when Mary's been called up in, in this tournament, she's been brilliant, hasn't she? So, mm. And I've said many times, she hasn't been called upon that much. But when she has, that's what you need to do. Because for a goalkeeper that doesn't get much of the ball, the concentration has to, has to be there. You know, we saw Zinsberg of Austria made two goalkeeping errors. Germany won the game. Mm. So goalkeepers are really, really valuable in any way. And I think the other thing about it is, and listen, she's in the same size goal as the Minarin, okay? Mm. She's, what, five foot eight, five foot nine. So I think everything else, because you're lacking height as a goalkeeper, everything else you do has to be spot on. And if you watch that, if you watch her face, Mary Earp's face, when she makes that save in slow motion, just focus on her eyes because they don't, they don't leave the ball. She's got to focus on the ball completely. She knows you know, she's got to take steps backwards before she launches. Everything technically is absolutely bang on. And that's why everyone that celebrated with her yeah. at the final yeah. whistle because it was, save, it was yeah. so valuable in their performance. At the get-go as well, after 30 seconds, putting off the save on Jakobsen and then that save yeah. on Black City is absolutely brilliant. And a reminder that against Spain, she also produced another excellent save when it was 1-0 and it could have gone 2-0. If it had gone 2-0, England wouldn't be hit now and we wouldn't be talking about this. Sam, let's go back to the first game against Austria. <laughs> she made a great save there, when I, Yes, and I said I was wrong because during the commentary, you I said, said it was a camera save. We spoke about it after and I said... Maybe, guys, I was wrong. I watched it back, and I was wrong. Hey, so you have in my line. What? Mary Queen of Stops. Black Stenius right through the middle of the park. She's into the penalty here. Under pressure, shoots and save down low by uh, Mary Earps. Brought down by Sega into Black Stenius. Loops it over the goalkeeper. What a save by Mary Earps. Flicks the left hand out, fingers the ball over the crossbar. Falling backwards and almost dropping into the net herself. She's saved England from conceding with a terrific save. A wonder save. Been brilliant. She's been called upon in this game early on in the game after 30 seconds. And that is an absolutely sensational save. It really is. It's an outrageous save. Felt like it was deflected and then looped in the air and then it was headed. And I was just like trying to get a good like eye on the ball and um, yeah, try and do my job. So I was happy with that. There's been some brilliant goalkeeping, some great saves in this tournament. That has to be the number one, surely. Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably the best save we've seen. Mary Queen of Stops. That's twice she saved England at pivotal moments. The game against Spain, she pulled off a brilliant save just at the right time, and she's done it again because if that had gone in, it would have changed the nature of the game. It's just about touched by a backpedalling goalkeeper, Mary Earth, and she flaps the ball away brilliantly. Just finally, Sam Matafeta, our commentator, in commentary, said Mary Queen of Stops. Do you like that new nickname? I'm more than happy with that nickname. No problem at all. I love it. We will talk about it in a second, right? But Frank Kirby on the score sheet as well. We will talk about the goal in a second. Uh, but Frank Kirby's goal, I, I mean, I think Linda will be a little bit disappointed. She's caught in no man's land. The ball, I mean, they switched off. They made a substitution. And as a result of that, they were a bit disorientated. England reacted really quickly. Yeah. And then Kirby was through the middle, one-on-one that, with a keeper. That's the key to me. It's so quick from England. The ball through. And I, I wasn't expecting Frank Kirby to go first time with it. But she did. She backed herself and it is just all right. It's, it's gone through her hands, if you like. But it's she can't catch it. 
Um, I, I don't really know what else the keeper can do because it, it's just out of her reach. Yeah, yeah, so if she wouldn't have gone for it, people would have been saying, why didn't you go for yeah. it? So she was just in the wrong place and yeah, Fran she, has that, that vision. That was problem. She was in the wrong place. Yeah, and Fran has that vision to be able to, you know, put that and over her head. So it was difficult because Linda was in no no woman's land, really. It, lo- it, looks, like a <laughs> it looks like a bad <laughs> one from the keeper, but I'm, I'm just prepared to give. It's Fran Kirby. Yeah. yeah. Hey, 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 yep. I've never seen you <laughs> celebrate a goal so wildly again. <laughs> hey, when she I know. As well. I, I know. <laughs> standing ovation in the press box. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that, we, we, how close are we to the Fran Kirby tattoo now? Do you think? <laughs> I think it's coming, isn't it? It's happening. Maybe she gets, the, yeah. she gets the winner in the final. It's Wait, are happening. you really being serious? Yeah, no, nah. he's, he's got to back himself nah. now. He's said it. He's nah, said no it. chance. We can't, it, we can't do it. him like that. I'm going to say it on the pod. I've got tattoos. I don't mind. I'm going to say it on the pod. If England win. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get a Frank Kirby tattoo. It's going to happen. It's nah, a pledge. Your wife That's won't a pledge that. now. That's a pledge now. He's done <laughs> yeah, it. I promise. I, yeah. I have no problem with that at okay. all. Yeah. Fair wow. enough. Can we all come with you and film it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. if you pay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fantastic. I want to film it. <laughs> I'm not getting one, but I'll film you. That's one for the TalkSport Edge app. Can we talk then about the goal? Kirby into the box, pulls it through. Russo, save. Brilliant save by Linda. Back here. just happened a back hill from Russo instinctive innovative wonderful deadly England are going to the final that was outrageous sit down shut up go home it's over 3-0 it's so hard to do comms on a goal like that because you're so like I feel like I wanted to cry that's how good it was. And I just was feeling so... And I like her. I love her. I think and she's great. We sound like... Che- like listen to us now. If you're listening to this, there's be some people going, oh, they just sound like cheerleaders. I, I don't know how else to sort of try and encapsulate the, the moment and what it felt like, the emotion that's swelling up inside you when you see a goal like that. We all watch moments on YouTube and we're all like going absolutely mad if a, if a big game's decided by a moment of magic from Messi or Ronaldo. You know, if, if one of those two had done that... Yeah. Oh, we would be talking about it well, for decades. Let me, let me tell you, I, I, having watched it about a million times already, <laughs> when, so she has the shot, the, the ball is squared, she has the shot, it hits the keeper, and I was saying to Leanne earlier that yeah, that looks like she's missed a sitter, but she just doesn't care. She goes after the ball, there's a bit of argy-bargy, so she gets herself in a physical position to be in control of the ball, facing away from goal, and then has the presence of mind, unaffected by the miss, to back heel it and it goes through the keeper's legs but if you watch the crowd they're all disappointed just behind the goal they're all disappointed the the chance has gone and then the unexpected happens and she produces that bit of art that bit of magic and they all erupt it's and i'll tell you what it is it's not so much we're cheerleaders or we're we're going on about it and anything like that it's nothing to do with that it's about the feeling the physical feeling the visceral feeling it gives you within when something unexpected and beautiful special. like that happens, something special like that happens, it's a feeling you can't control. It's a feeling that you can't manufacture. It's something that happens naturally when you see something that special. So I, I, I just, on this part, I want to thank Alessia Russo for giving us all in this stadium that moment. But I think she beautiful. should thank me, though, because I, 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 I actually did I the want, interview with her. I want to thank Alicia Russo <laughs> for rendering Leanne Sanderson speechless for at least <laughs> 10 or 15 seconds. <laughs> no, honestly, it's just it is special. It was just really special to be here for a moment like that. And the fact that Alessia Russo tried to do that and it actually came off 
in a game like this, to show you the confidence that she's, she's in. She's, she's on the edge of the six-yard box, chasing after a ball which has been deflected off the goalkeeper. She's got two players behind her. She's standing diagonally at a 45-degree angle with her back to goal. And she's off balance because she's being pushed by a defender. And she manages to get her foot in front of the ball and very quickly back heel it. And it... And everyone's gone, oh, my God. And they, then it's through the goalkeeper's legs and in, and then that's it. Unbelievable. Jaws she needs to watch over. that over and over again because she, that's the type of goal that you don't score very often in your career. You're lucky if you get one like that. And I, I don't she, think she's, she's ever going to escape that no. goal. That's going to be remember, the Alicia Russo but goal. But do you remember when Lucy Bronze, after the first goal she scored in the game, in the in the tournament, and Lucy Bronze said to her, you know, celebrate. Yes. Celebrate she your did, goals. Because yes. I even spoke to her about that. Yeah, yeah, because it was almost like she scored a goal, and it was her first goal of the tournament, and she just kind of like didn't know what to do. And it's quite a cute thing and a humble thing, but celebrate every single goal. And Lucy Bronze told her that. And, you know, I love to see the players enjoying it. And that's what it's for. But that goal, I mean, I stood up. As soon as he went in, I stood up. I was looking around going, oh, my God, hands on the head. Because, like Adrian said, when we're so lucky to be at games. But when something like that happens, it's so special. You can't put it back in the box. No. It's amazing. And I think when it's someone like that plays for England or a team that, because I've been at games where Giroud scored the Scorpion kick, Ronaldo scored the overhead kick against Juventus, but, and I love Ronaldo. Zlatan scored that goal, that fabulous goal in Solna, but it was against England. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So therefore, it's like, doesn't feel as nice. But the fact that we can all enjoy it, because it's not on our, if it wasn't on my team, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. (laughs) I'd have been like, no, it weren't that good. It weren't that good. If you're Swedish, you ain't enjoying that. (laughs) There was a Swedish journalist who came to our show earlier on today. And uh, she was really insightful about. The Why are you whispering team. like she's here? Just, just in case she's around, <laughs> right? Okay. And she, um, and she, and she was really kind and pleasant and like brilliant on air. As soon as we went to a break and she, her segment was finished, she took her headphones off and she told me and Lucy Ward, ah, "When I speak to you tomorrow, you're going to be crying." And she was really sort of like wow. vindictive about how we were going to get beaten and how bad really? it was. I'm telling you now. Tell crying. her to come on your show she tomorrow. She's crying, man. She is crying right now because <laughs> she was giving it the. Biggin. <laughs> this is revenge for Zlatan's overhead kick. <laughs> that was <laughs> Zlatan, have that. Now, sometimes when people score you special him. goals, you just got to say that was beautiful, haven't you? Oh, sometimes you've got to appreciate, like Adrian said, football's football. And when someone scores a magnificent goal like that, you just think. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. 
With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Ow. Do you know what, Leanne? What I said to myself a couple of years ago, I've got to make sure I get as much joy out of football as possible. I had a conversation with myself. And I've stopped being so about the game itself. Things around the game, yeah, sure. But about the game itself, get as much joy out of it as possible. And if you can't get joy out of that performance, out of that goal, then you're not really a football fan, are you? I don't think there's many people, unless they're Swedish, who haven't got joy out of that (laughs) goal. The fans have only just left, I think, the stewards just kicked them out. They were here like nearly 11 o'clock singing and dancing. But you know there's some... Middle-aged mm. bloke somewhere who's just sitting not there tonight. saying on, that will that will secretly legs. Yeah. secretly be putting the TV on on Sunday at <laughs> five o'clock, you know, and they'll be thinking, and someone will come in and say, "Why you got that on for?" Oh no, I weren't watching that. Do you know what I mean? All the secret supporters, we know who you are. Well, there won't be any secret supporters because we know for a fact, you know, tonight was the biggest TV audience of the year for a uh, an event that wasn't associated with the Jubilee, and uh, Sunday will probably be even bigger than that. You know, yeah. that's a fact. You know, it's absolutely massive, and we'll be there. We will be there. Yep. And uh, I hope now, do you reckon that Deck, our producer, and Trepid producer, has actually organised the pub for afterwards? Cause, Hopefully. Uh, yeah, I ain't going unless there's a pub to go to afterwards because we've, we've worked hard on this tour. I think you are going. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think he comes up here now and says, I haven't organised the pub. <laughs> if he hasn't organised the pub, I'm not doing the commentary. It's as simple as that. You know, at the end of the day, I'm only here for the rap party. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's been a brilliant tournament so far, but England do have one more hurdle to jump. It isn't over, and although this was a great moment, I had a great moment last year in the semi-final, and the final was an absolute letdown of yeah. the of the highest order. And the key thing now is is, is for Serena Wiegmann, this England team, not to allow the outside pipe to affect them, and to make sure that they go and finish the job. Whoever it's again, whoever they're going to be playing, they're playing against a functional team like Germany or an unbelievable attacking unit like France. One of the two, it's going to be a major test. Yeah, definitely. And I think the thing it comes down to is also respecting your opposition. I think every single time they played against a team, they've respected them. They've had a different game plan, even though they've had the same 11. I think they've implemented different game plans, and that's exactly what they're going to need to do on Sunday. I spoke a lot before the tournament about managing emotions and how the players could do that. Against Austria, the first game, mm. we were thinking, you know, the first 10 minutes, the girls rattled. You know, they were giving away the ball. Leah Williamson picked up the ball and gave it away to Zadrazil and it was almost like whoa take a deep breath and then they did they won 1-0 everybody thought it would be 4 or 5 but as we know Austria during the tournament they weren't terrible they don't concede many goals so you know and I just didn't have to manage it again and they've done everything that's been put in front of them during this tournament they've overcome it Norway 8-0 against a hard team Northern Ireland everybody expected them to win Austria they beat you know and Spain what a team they were my favourites well I think if you'd said to me pre-tournament who do you fear I'd have said France they've had some injuries so you know and and I think France have been okay Uh, but Germany we were at the Austria game and Austria didn't take their chances they hit the woodwork three times we've seen tonight that old thing of England not taking their chances they weren't ruthless enough well even maybe eight months ago and now they're taking chances galore. So I can't see them suffering the same problem Austria suffered in the, in the uh, quarterfinal against Germany. So I'm very positive, very optimistic. But Germany, France are very, very good teams. Yeah, they so are. They, they can't afford to over-celebrate right now as long as they're on it and the game plan. And I trust Serena. 
Uh, that's, yeah. that's it. I trust Serena. If, 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 if uh, it is Germany, Mary Erbs will be delighted because she speaks German. She'll be able to understand all of the little coded signals that they give at a set piece. Yeah, I mean, they don't really speak that much, I feel like, from what I've seen. <laughs> they're so there was well a rumour the other day, though, they... <laughs> that they were gonna change, England were going to change the goalkeeper because Hannah Hampton grew up in, yeah. uh, in Spain. Yeah, I was like, like, Academy, who started yeah. that rumour? Was it you? No, it wasn't me. But, you know, it's always good to speak like the native language of the opposition that you're playing, right? I don't no, think it really I don't think it much. matters, really. But, no, can I, I, I will, I'm not going to name who started the rumour, but Hannah Hampton did play against Spain in the Arnold Clark Cup. She did. Kept a clean she did, sheet, she did, and she did talk yeah. about understanding what they were saying at she did. So, so Mary Herbs might be useful on Sunday. If they're playing yeah, German. Yeah, no, it will. But I don't Does anyone think it'll speak ma- French? I don't <laughs> think it'll play a Just looking at, I'm looking at my notes. Lucy speaks French, a little bit of French. Don't want her to play in goal, though, do we, really? Let's no. be honest about it. No. And by the way, Arnold Clark Cup, what happened against Germany? Yeah. We beat yeah. them, so, you know. I, I, there's, We've I overcome that hurdle now, yeah, I think. Exactly. I think that was there. You know, they beat us 6-2 in 2009. They always seem to beat us, and I think us winning that bronze medal really, you know, I'm not saying that's the reason why they can beat Germany, but that we knew about that. We knew yeah. we could never beat Germany. They always beat us on penalties. That's all you ever hear as a player. But, but Germany used to be everybody. You, you, yeah. European champions used to, uh, championships used to be everybody in Europe works really hard to get to the final tournament. We all turn up, play for a couple of weeks, and Germany win. That <laughs> used to be how it is because that that they I think they won what they win eight of the last nine tournaments they're the, very good the other thing is that in this tournament alone England have proved a lot of people wrong they proved a lot of points not just beating Norway and that was a on paper it was a very difficult game absolutely yeah. hammering them um, in the, the winning the quarterfinal against Spain oh yeah they've had a couple of injuries and then winning this 4-0 against Sweden second best in the world so England should fear nobody whether it's France or Germany they should go into it Fearing absolutely Sweden were in the Olympic final last year against yeah. Canada and lost on penalties. Like they're a top top team, and they didn't look it at times. They did, to be fair, give them a little bit of credit in the first half. But in the end, I mean, England yeah. were unbelievable. But you know what? We would have made that Olympic final had Beth Mead been picked. Mm. Yeah, that's what. I'm saying. Yeah, ang- ang- yeah, but. Maybe she wouldn't have been angry, Beth Mead, if she had. I like it when you say that. Angry Beth Mead. Yeah, I'm going to tell her. I like it because it's a good thing. It's true (laughs) because you say it, it comes out. But she's like the least angry person. I know, but when she's on the pitch, she's not even angry. angry. She shows angry (laughs) Beth Mead. But let's let's just pay tribute to her because she's likely to be top scorer of the tournament. Let's see what Pop does. But she was like a a kind of tearaway striker, wasn't she, in her early days? And look at how her game has evolved and developed refined itself really to what she the, the, the tactical brilliance of what she does now she's yeah. done a lot of Arsenal didn't she over the last year the, the last year at Arsenal has been really sort of not I was going to say educational that's probably not the right word no it's true though because she grew up playing for Sunderland yeah. you know teams that weren't in the top top tier I played against Beth and Sunderland had a really good academy Lucy Bronze came from there Jordan Nobbs so they've got good players but they never had that little bit extra that a team like Arsenal does now I've said it many times that they brought in Tobin Heath Iwabuchi top players because I believe not that they were saying Beth Mead wasn't going to play but she had to kind of fend off she strong opposition for a place in the team and she did that opening day of the season at the Emirates she scored an amazing goal Angry and Beth then Mead. that was it she was annoying because yeah. she was left out of the Olympic team. Yeah, it's true. Everybody but she's wrong. brilliant. And she's a nice person as well, genuinely. And I feel like she's very humble and she deserves this because a lot of talk was about Lauren Hemp before the tournament. Everyone was talking about, because she was great this year for Man City. Yeah, yeah. But everyone was saying, oh, she's going to be player of the tournament. She's going to get top goal scorer. And Beth Mead, 
How have we not talked about Lauren Hemp's miss? What's, what's going on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about misses yeah. in semi-finals of European championships. Yeah, we don't. I'm leaving. Someone else saves you. <laughs> Isn't that right, Leanne? Yeah, if you want to look it up, this. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say where it is, but it's everywhere, to be fair. And I don't know if I tried it a hundred times, I think I'd probably never miss. But thankfully, Jill Scott saved me and no one remembers my bad miss against yeah. the Netherlands. Was it worse than Lauren Hemp's miss? Yeah. yeah. Was it? Okay. It was. Because all I've done is looked bad. up uh, Liam Sanderson goals. So obviously it doesn't That's right, Adrian. And what about <laughs> that header that know. got on the move to Juve? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone yeah. seen that? You're so good in the air. I know. The one that header one I scored, time? they kept showing me at Juve. It's like, you do this here? Yeah. I'm like, no. Nah. You wouldn't have gone in. made contact with it without the mohawk. <laughs> it's true. It was a good ball from Alex Scott, to be fair. And I just always used to close my eyes when I headed the ball and just open my mouth. It was very strange. I think that's why I used to miss. Any I don't know. Everyone used to say to me, why do you close your eyes and open your mouth? And I just did. And if you watch it back, I did the same thing, but the mohawk allowed it to go in. But it's quite funny, actually. But yeah, thankfully in 2009. It's provided us with a lot of entertainment over the course You're going to look week. it up now, oh, aren't yes, you, my gosh? We're, we're, we're going we're, we're to put it on Twitter. Um, listen, uh, it's been great entertainment again tonight. Fantastic. Thank you very much for the sweets again this evening. Always a, a major facet. Deck, did you book the pub? You did? Hey. I'll Sam, see you Sam's on Sunday the then. I'll come. I'll come. That's all right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm not I'm not coming after Sunday. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> she keeps saying it, but it's not friends true. Friends for life. Right. That's it from us uh, for tonight. We'll be back on Friday morning with Darren Lewis and uh, Alex Crook looking ahead to the final. Going to be a massive, massive week for football because we've got the Community Shield and start of the EFL season. And, of course, unless you may have been under a rock tonight, England in a major European final. See you then. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.